Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. James 1, beginning in verse 1 through 4. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If you remember last week we talked about our values, and we've talked somewhat about the man James and who he was and some of the things of James' life and his values. We see what values the Scripture teaches for us. And if our values determine our evaluations, if we value comfort rather than character, then trials that are going to come upon us, and we've talked about that at length, We are going to have trials. They are going to come in this world, whatever form they may come. But then our trials will upset us if we're not looking at our character. If we value the material and the physical more than the spiritual, we'll not be able to count it all joy. If we live only for the present, we forget the future, then our trials will make us bitter and not better. We talked about this little poem that I found, and it's there in your notes, because it says, pressed out of measure and pressed to all length, pressed so intensely it seems beyond strength, pressed in the body and pressed in the soul, pressed in the mind till the dark surges roll, pressure by foes and pressure by friends, pressure on pressure till life nearly ends, pressed into loving the staff and the rod, Pressed into knowing no helper but God. Pressed into liberty where nothing clings. Pressed into faith for impossible things. Pressed into living a life in the Lord. Pressed into living a Christ life outpoured. That's what happens when He presses you. That's what happens when we go through trials. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, diverse trials, all sorts of trials. So we saw the first thing was that we should have joy in trials. But the second thing I want to show you is that we should persevere in trials. Not only having a joyful attitude, but that we would have an understanding mind. Notice verse 3. We're going to go through 3 and 4 today. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. What's the first word? Knowing. Knowing. So this has to do with your mind, doesn't it? There's something about our mind that we've got to take in. And not only are you going to have a joyful attitude, but an understanding mind. We've got to understand some things. And the Greek word for knowing here is ginsk. 
we see the word genosko, to know, have an understanding. But ginsk basically means the idea of knowledge that comes from personal experience. Has an experience been a teacher? Has experience ever taught us some, <laughs> some tremendous truths? So the personal knowledge that we have learned because we have encountered truth. That's the idea of this. It's the personal knowledge because we've experienced truth for ourselves. Knowing this, he says. Knowing this. Now, he means that if you're going to go through trials victoriously... And if you're going to persevere in those trials, you've got to know a few things. You've got to understand a few things. Now, maybe that's Hearth translation there, but that's what he's getting across to us. You've got to have some basic understanding. Christ had joy, and even in enduring the cross, because he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to take place. So what do you need to know? Well, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. Endurance is probably a better translation. You need to know that what's going on in your life is producing something beneficial. It's doing something there. It's going to cause you. And, and what should you know to help you persevere through trials? Well, first of all, you need to know that your faith is being tested. Remember, we talked about that last week. There were all kinds of tests that we'll find in the book of James. And here your faith is being tested. So maybe you ask, well, why do I need to know that? Because when you come through the other end of your trial and you still have faith, then you're built up. Your faith is stronger. It's good to know that it's for real, right? It's good to know that you can stand fast, whatever might come. And it's wonderful. Maybe somebody asks, well, how do you know that you're a Christian? And you would say, well, because I love the Lord. That's what 1 John tells us. Hereby know we that the love of God because He first loved us and that we loved Him. So we know that we are Christian because we have a heart of love for God. Something that's changed within us. And we love the Lord with all of our heart. All that we're able to. And we are in a process where we're Loving God more and more as we go through various trials and various tests. And certainly, maybe you might think, well, I don't love God the way I ought to. And that's probably true with all of us. But we're not where we used to be. And we have a greater love for the Lord. And certainly, I love the Lord more and more. And the more He tests me and the more I see His faithfulness, the more I'm able to love. So I know... I love, and I know that I'm a Christian because of my love for the Lord. And you have that love for the Lord. And so, you know you have gone through difficult situations. And He's brought you through the other end. And you can look back and you can see the various trials and how He carried you through and all of that. And so, know this. That your faith is tested. We talked about that, remember also... Anything that's legitimate is tested. Gold is tested. Jewels are tested. They even test land to see. They survey land. And I remember I went through a survey class in, uh, back in when I first went through junior college. And we found land. We went down to Wilshire Boulevard. Do you know they sell the land by the square inch on Wilshire Boulevard in L.A.? By the square inch. And so you can imagine a builder, it's not like, well, 
I, I can fudge a little bit this way or that way. No, when you're buying land by the square inch, you want every inch that you got, and you don't want somebody coming into your inch, right? It's knowing that everything is going to be tested, it's checked out, it's surveyed. We know that it's legitimate. We know that it's passed the test. And what a wonderful thing when your faith has really been verified. You know that your faith is true. What an encouragement to see your faith is genuine. You've come through the trial and that faith is there. I went through the test and I passed. Well, the word testing here. And by the way, that's what he says. So knowing that the testing of your faith. Your faith is going to be tested. Doikomion means proof. Knowing this, that the proof of your faith brings endurance. That's the idea of it. Works. The word works means to achieve or to accomplish, doesn't it? Don't ever think that trials don't accomplish something. They do. Trials, all trials, that come into your life are designed to accomplish something in you. God's doing something. They're designed to produce something. They're designed to work something. They're designed to produce something. They're designed in some way to bring something forward in your life. And what is it here? Well, here the word hupaman is not patience, but endurance, as I said. The best word is endurance. So the testing of your faith works endurance. Patience is another word, mak. Ruthaman, <laughs> I'll get it out, which has to do with being patient with people. That's not the word that's found here. That's not the word James uses. This is the word that means that you're patient and you continue on. So it carries the idea of enduring, of staying power. That may be a good translation. Perseverance. That's a good idea of it. That we persevere, we endure, we have staying power. And so this is probably one of those passages where theologians and theologians of old use this to talk about the perseverance of the saints. And they use it in that, in the theological terms. They talk about that because faith produces endurance. It's that, how should I say, that tenacity of the spirit. Have you ever known somebody who was just tenacious in spirit? That they just held on and they just continued on under whatever pressures. They're waiting for God's timing in their life. God's time to remove it or dismiss it, whatever. And for the reward of the trial to come. When that reward, the trial is over and they're looking forward to the reward. What a wonderful thing to have in your life. Endurance. Endurance. Every time you go through a trial, every time I go through a trial, I want to pass through the test. I want to pass through the trials and we're strengthened. We gain a little more endurance. Hi, let me interrupt very quickly to let you know and update you with some information. You can contact us at schoolofministryresources.org, all runs together. Or contact me personally at all at landmarkstockton.com. We also have online services on Facebook at Landmark Stockton that all runs together. Or 
If you're interested in our church history sessions, you can look on YouTube under Landmark Stockton, two separate words in that place. We'd love to send you information, and we're always so glad to hear from our listeners. So please feel free to contact us, and we'll write back to you. Thank you. Now back to our podcast. Isn't that what the psalmist said? Psalm 40, verse 1, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock and established my goings. He put a new song in my heart. We sing that song. He set my feet on the, on the solid rock. He lifted me up out of the miry clay. He, a new song in my heart. Well, I can't sing it. <laughs> I won't do that to you. But we sing that beautiful portion of Scripture. And it's reminded us of what He's done. That every time you come out of a trial, isn't that kind of the way that you feel? He put a new song in my mouth today. He's put new blessings in my life today. We've seen where we've come and what God is doing and what He's lifting us up. He's put a song in your heart. I went through it. Maybe I cried and I had such a hard time, but now I'm stronger than ever because I've endured the trial. That's what James is telling us here. Hold on. Stay the course. Have you ever begun to work out? I should have been working out before the work day yesterday because <laughs> moving like that reminds me I'm 64. <laughs> reminds me of my age. And so, you know what? When you begin to work out, you begin to work out slowly. I had two Christian friends in the prison that they had been working out for years. These were old lifers. And they said, well, we'll start working you out, but we'll start you small. We're going to start you out easy. Now, somebody who's been working out for years, easy to them was not easy to me. When they said, well, you're going to start with inverted push-ups. Have you ever done inverted push-ups where your feet are up and you're on the ground? And the next day, my, ar my arms look like Popeye because <laughs> they had swollen up so much because that's not the way you start. You start light. How does a runner start when they're going to run a race? They don't start by running 26 miles. You run a little bit, right? You do a little bit. Maybe you have to stop and walk a little bit, and then you run some more. So you build up endurance. Well, that's what happens, and that's what God is doing in our life, and that's what James is telling us here. He's going to start us out small. And we work up to a maximum capacity. That's James's point. That understanding and knowing that God is strengthening your faith. He's producing greater endurance for greater ministry. He's producing greater endurance for greater service. For greater trials. For greater joy. And may I add, the more difficult the battle, the sweeter the victory. The tougher the battle, the sweeter it is when we come out on the other side. The more difficult the trial, the more sweeter it is when you come out of it. How true and how wonderful it is in your life when you can look back and you can see 
God's faithfulness. I've learned in my life that whenever I'm going through a trial, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You can always look forward. You can always see something. Morning is coming. The darkness will not always be there. And when you come out of it, you've rejoiced at the increased strength, the deliverance that you see in the hand of God. And it again, you've seen that He is trustworthy. And when you can know and trust because He is trustworthy, what does it do? It strengthens your faith. You now learn to trust Him more, and my faith is greater, my faith is stronger. How is it that the three Hebrew young men, being thrown into a fiery furnace, had such great faith? Do you remember in Daniel chapter 1 that they tested and they ate and they were tried God in the small area. And they ate just a, a kosher diet, a, of a vegetarian diet. They didn't eat all of the other things that of the king's court. And they saw God faithful in the small things. And so when they're thrown into the fiery furnace, they've already seen how faithful God had been because their faith was great and strong. And that's why in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul says there, and I'm just going to turn over there, Paul, Silvanus, and Timotheus, what does he say? Verse 2, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love for every one of you all abounds toward each other. He's saying you all have grace and faith and it's abounding and so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. That's verse 4. You endured. They were always thankful because the patient waiting for Christ. They were wonderfully enduring group because they saw what God could do. You know, when if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, when you're reading through there, the insight that's there, it's illustrated to us. You remember the story of Moses, Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He considered that the reproach of the anointed Messiah was greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Why was that? Because he had respect under the recompense of the reward, Hebrews 11 tells us. In other words, the man lived in the light of the endurance of the afflictions and the problems because he saw God's future plan. He knew what God was going to do. He saw what God was going to do. So by faith in that plan, by faith in God, he forsook Egypt. He didn't get intimidated by the wrath of the king. It talks about that. Because he could see that whatever it was, he could see the invisible king wasn't intimidated by Pharaoh. Through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood on the doorpost and on the lintel, lest the firstborn would be destroyed. 
By faith, they all went through the Red Sea on dry land. All of them, three million of them. The Egyptians attempting to do the same thing were drowned and so forth. And he talks about, and then he goes on from there to talk about other people and the terrible times and their trials. Down to verse 32, you have more and more of them like Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. David and Samuel, the prophets, always through faith, through faith, through faith. These are the heroes of faith here. They trusted God in the midst of unbelievable circumstances. And all of these stories are true. These are all real people like you, like me, that endured trials, terrible trials, because they had faith and they could see the end. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained the promises. They stopped the mouth of lions, it talks about. They quenched the violence of the fire. They escaped from the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They became valiant in the fight. They turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials, cruel mocking, scourgings, bonds, and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in half. They were tested and tried, slain with a sword, wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins. And actually what that talks about is they were encased in those, wrapped around them, and then their leather was wet, was wetted so that it would shrink in around them. They were destitute, afflicted, tormented. And the world wasn't even worthy of them. Now I'm bringing that. You can read those exactly as it tells us in Hebrews 11. And it talks about that exactly. They wandered in the deserts, in the mountains, in the dens, and in the caves of the earth. All of them received witness through faith. Not having received the promise. They had faith. They were looking forward to the promise. Even though they didn't get it. In Hebrews chapter 12, he talks about those heroes of faith. That we're compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses. We're compassed about with all of those that lived by faith. That means that so many people who testify to the virtue of faith. Sometimes we've got to lay aside the things of this world. We have to lay aside the things in your life and run the race of faith like they did. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at scl.com of ministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.